0: perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart Coors Brewing Company Golden Colorado and as always celebrate
1: this
2: is Joe Cole this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek and you're listening to the London London Blue Blue Podcast. Podcast
1: All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode, that's right, of the London is Blue podcast, your favorite Chelsea podcast. Uh, No Brandon Busby today, he is continuing to move still, and we wish him the best of luck. But you got Dan here, along with Nick, and uh, Nick, we're going to be talking about the Porto
2: game. Porto, Porto. That's right. Uh, We are very excited to welcome back, uh, now just an incredible fan favorite of the show, uh, Jenny Chu. Welcome back to the London is blue podcast your favorite Chelsea podcast
3: yes thank you for having me uh I had so much fun last time that when I opened zoom today I was so excited to see you guys and you guys were like can you calm down (laughs) why Why do you have so much energy
2: you're like the Tasmanian devil you were just doing circles
3: I was so excited I was like my friends um and you guys were like hey there Jenny (laughs)
1: You you came in at 11 and we appreciate that cuz you know we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. It's a Champions League match and week. You know, it's the biggest competition and we're going to jump right in. Uh, you know, we've got a couple topics we're going to get into. We're going to talk about were Chelsea lucky good or a little bit of both as we put 2 past Porto to take a commanding lead in the tie. We're going to get into praising the English duo who did the business, the magical money Mace and Benjamin James Chilwell in front of goal today. <laughs> And then we're going to talk about the continued challenges of a couple of Germans for Chelsea up top. But before that, we have a host of three word match reviews, Nick. And I just I feel like with no Brandon here, I have to give you the right to read through some of these.
2: Yeah, I've been I've been doing this recently. It's been fun uh, to to put a harsher judgment lens on these than you do. Um, The first one, though, is tremendous. So I'm going to start off with with Ernie, who writes in Chile in Sevilla. Well done. I like that a lot. Uh, Jeremy was something I'm not as uh, sure of, which is Mount Aldino. We're, okay. Uh, strikes again, so that's good. Uh, Miles with uh, one that I agree with, which is left backs only. We just need to play all of them all at once. I like that. Uh, regulators mount up from Denzel. Of course, that's a good one. Uh, JR20 with the English double. Uh Let's see the football car with chaos and trophies. Uh, maybe a hat tip to Joe Tweed's uh, first Kings Road podcast. And then, and then, look—you got a bunch of absolute nonsense with the "Why Not Us"? Like, I, look, guys, I get it. Everyone's trolling me at this point. Jenny's trolling me with an incredible yawn right there. So, well done. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we look
3: on these three mat three word match reviews.
2: So we we made it through. Uh, I will say that the uh, Chilean Sevilla is probably my favorite of that bunch. But, Dan, we were discussing your three-word match review with uh, with friend of the show, Joe Tweeds. Uh, would you like to share it with us? <sighs>
1: shithouse FC returns. It's back.
2: <laughs> it's Let's back. go. I love it. Yeah. You need a shithouse performance against a shithouse team in Porto, so I'm I'm glad we got that. Uh, I, I went with something that was a, a little bit more uh, directed at Porto, which is frying up flop jacks. A uh, lot of a lot of people on the floor today. A uh, lot of a lot of people not not quite being able to, Yeah. To stand on their feet for a while. So that that was interesting. Uh, Joe Tweeds just submitted his own uh, late, which is big fridge energy, which we're going to get to in a little bit about what that means. Uh, and then, Jenny, uh, you are last and certainly not least. What is your three-word match review?
3: I will get to mine, which is not as clever as any of your guys' is, but, Nick, are you saying that because of Reese James, all the flopping around him?
2: Yeah, in his general periphery, anytime he moved, people were – <laughs> they seem to dive he, out of the he way. He was the
3: catalyst,
1: right? The reaction yeah. occurred around him. He was the catalyst for the flopping.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. his energy. His energy just is a force field that projects people. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. I just wanted to make sure I, I was clear on that. Um, mine is not as fun, but imperfect but effective. Hmm.
1: All right. Well, Hard I think duty. we can wrap it up there. We're done. We we got it. <laughs> we got it landed. Um, okay, well, we'll, get, we'll give it a little bit more conversation because anytime you get a Champions League win in the quarterfinals, you got to dive deep into it. But we want to get to a couple quick gratitudes first. We want to thank the individuals on Patreon for their support. Uh, John and Craig with Yearly Subs. We want to thank the upgrades from Steve D. and Gabriel. New subs, huge from the last time I was off. Clearly, just because they want to see me back on the pod after a couple missed appearances. Jorgen, Chris, Dimitri, Rob, Mike, Lawrence, and Andrew all subbing up. We appreciate that. And uh, Apple Podcasts reviews as well. Scotty D. Nola, uh, Like a Big Girl, Luke Mullen, Josh Tilly, Daniel J. uh Drusif 10 and then Mary Morgan G. All leaving five-star Apple Podcasts reviews. Also answered Nick's call. For the noise, uh, a lot of them used noise in the comments, so uh, you are getting the response you are looking for, Nick, in five-star Apple Podcast reviews,
2: and the noise. I, w- I would just say for those who are considering leaving another five-star review in the future, let us know how chilly you are. You oh, know, God, just let us know uh, if you are feeling chilly. Uh, look, housekeeping for uh, for the upcoming week, we're gonna do locker room on Sunday. I've decided that I want to. Uh, drink heavily and watch the Masters on Saturday. So that's, I'm gonna skip the Saturday locker room and go to the Sunday. Uh, That's just a personal preference. Uh, But we have a really cool Sunday episode with uh, both of our friends from The Athletic, Liam Toomey and Simon Johnson, joining us for the post-Palace match review, which will be great. Then friend of the pod and Bengals tight end, CJ Uzoma, is back with us next Tuesday for the next Porto match review. And then we have Matt Law coming back next week and Boy, I don't know what we'll talk about with him, as there's never any drama around him and what he's what he's doing in reporting. So uh, we have a big a big week coming up, and and again, we said this at the beginning of April, the amount of matches. Everything that's going on, It's we're just going to keep firing content at you the, the fastest that we can.
1: All right. Well, that's it. We're into the match review now. The opponent was Porto, was the Champions League, and Canada. it was this past Wednesday, <laughs> April 7th, 2021, at the Ramon Sanchez-Bizan Stadium. The scoreline, Porto nil, Chelsea 2. That's right. It was a wonderful victory. And Nick, again, no Brandon here, so uh I'm hosting. You got to read this lineup, man.
2: I got the lineup, man. I got the lineup. Mendy in goal, Espiloqueta, Christensen returns to the starting lineup, and Rüdiger, after a uh wild week for him, returns to the starting lineup as well as as for the back three. Chili B makes his return on the left wing with Reese James resuming his role on the right. Jorginho and Kovacic in midfield. Uh Mason Mount and Timo Werner kind of playing the the two tens with Kai Havertz playing the number nine role in the starting lineup. And then unused subs of Kepa Aritha Balaga, Marcus Alonso, Tammy Abraham making the team, which is fun. Uh, Willie Caballero, Kurt Zuma, Kal odoi and Hakim Ziyech with appearances and subs from Tiago Silva. Interestingly, N'Golo Conte, Christian Pulisic, Olivier Giroud, and Emerson Palmieri. Because that is an absolute banter sub at the end of the game.
1: All right, so some quick stats as well as we go through. Chelsea had six shots on uh, six shots, three on target, two goals. Uh, to Porto's twelve and five, we had sixty one percent of possession to their thirty nine. 539 passes to their 343, 85% pass accuracy to their 79, 17 fouls to their 11, uh, zero yellow cards, though, to their two, no red cards from either side, two offsides to their fives, four corners to their nine, nine corners. And a shades of 2012 stat that I'm pulled in here, uh, Thomas Tuchel is now the second Chelsea manager to win their first three knockout stage games in the Champions League The repeat is on. Uh, XG, just to run it down, at halftime, (laughs) 0.94 to Porto, uh, 0.05 to Chelsea, which at halftime we were up 1-0. And then uh, second half, it was Porto, actually 1.68 with zero goals to 1.87 expected goals for Chelsea with two total. So that's lineup, that's stats, that's shades of 2012, that's XG. Jenny, dealer's choice, what's one you want to dive into before we get to the talking points?
3: Ooh, stats. Hmm. Uh, something I was following because I was on Twitch for the other match, Bayern and PSG, was the possession. Every time possession came up on the screen, I was trying to write down, like, what is the possession of this match? Because I would expect for Chelsea to have all of the ball almost um, and Porto to sit back. That, that's what I was expecting without their attackers. And it wasn't as dominant as I would have expected. That 61, is it's good but I honestly felt like it was going to be a game of Porto completely sitting back, Chelsea, moving the ball, moving the ball, moving the ball. Um, not really what happened. It was a little more even than, than I would have expected. Choppy. And obviously not, but yes.
2: Well, choppy. I, I, like I think Tuchel referenced that, that this was not a, this was not a smooth performance from Chelsea. The, the passing was off. I, you know, I, I think the pass accuracy in a lot of our games is, you know, is better than, than what we saw today, but Chelsea, playing on a big pitch in Sevilla, Chelsea were oftentimes getting caught in possession and had to make a bunch of fouls. And that's why Dan's shithouse FC returns uh, makes a lot of sense because you got, sometimes you just got to gut these out. You didn't play well, but you got the result, and, and that's what matters.
1: The, the .05 expected goal with the one total is my favorite of all the stats. It's just it, – and we'll dive into the whole Mason Mount and his take on that. But, yeah, that just warms my heart. Uh, I think a friend Joe was uh, – XG SmexG was the way he was talking about it because sometimes it just – you kick the ball and it goes in the back of the net. But, hey, you know what? We are going to take a quick ad break and then we're going to jump into all these fun talking points. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Hey everyone, before we get started, I wanted to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, really hope that's us and access to our community discord an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that we'll help you get your show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and all of the other listening platforms and the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box this episode to find out more but that's bwhustle.com forward slash join come hang out with us we love blue wire you won't be disappointed all right so chelsea walked away with the dub they're heading into the second half
1: of in this tie in a commanding position but maybe it did not feel so great in the moment uh i know nick is shaking his head for all those who are listening to a podcast and can't see that uh so how were tuchel and the team able to manufacture the result and i'm going to tee you off nick with the fact that tuchel did say they thought chelsea were lucky to come out
2: with a 2-0 win he is correct <laughs> uh, i mean look <laughs> i i don't uh, he, uh, to to give him credit i think he's been really transparent as chelsea manager in terms of performances who's playing well you know did we you know give a, a really solid performance here no i you know i saw his post-match interview and he's He said that i think you know it wasn't as much physical as it was mental um you know with chelsea today and i think they were look i mean they were shell-shocked last weekend i mean it was an absolute terrible performance against west brom and you give up five goals to a team who can't score and it makes you think about a lot of stuff (laughs) i mean so rolling into this match i mean it could have gone either way right it could have been the motivation that chelsea needed to kick it back into gear or it could have been the start of of a downturn for the, for the club, right? I mean, you know, these things happen. Chelsea went on a 14-match unbeaten run. You can easily go on a, a worse run of form. And, you know, the last time that we were on with, with Jenny, she asked us whether the run would continue forever. And I said no, but I never thought the end of it would be West Brom 5-2, yeah. you know? Like, so it i think i give him credit for for just being honest about it like it, this was not a a prime chelsea performance jenny uh, i think porto played much better than the scoreline indicated but uh, at the end of the day they you know chelsea ended up taking their chances which has not always been the case this season and uh, i think you got to feel okay going into the second leg
3: I, I agree with you you know you you asked whether it was lucky absolutely um because we watched Chelsea week in and week out. and we, we, I watched a lot of Porto, and I was trying to figure out all of their stats ahead of this game. So I had predicted a tie, 0-0, a zero, zero scoreless draw in this, because Porto is a good squad. And I know that everyone was saying, like that's obviously the team that you want in the draw. No doubt, that's the team you want in the draw. But Porto is not a bad team, and especially if you see um, or you think back to their win against U.E. I mean, they were really good. Pepe was wonderful. Marchesin had what 10 saves. And then he had an absolute horrible performance today against Chelsea. So that was, that was interesting because I was expecting much to I was to have a great performance like he did against Juventus. And that was just not the case um, letting those two goals in, but it's difficult going into the second line because it's not going to be the same team um, on their end, especially. So yes, you, you feel good as a Chelsea fan, that we have two away goals. We pulled it off even though it was ugly and I don't feel great about the performance. And that is saying like the little bits and pieces that I could have you know, seen in while I was doing the Twitch, but really back to my my three-word three, three word match review, very effective because next one is, I feel like next leg is going to be so much harder. Even though they're, we're going in 2-0 um, up, I think it's be much harder because of the players that are going to be on. They were missing their two best players. Uh, let me see.
1: Well, the two players you're referencing, too, have made up 40% of -hmm. Porto's goals this season. Mm -hmm. And so, look, we we also, to be fair to us, though, we also put players on the pitch who just don't know how to score for Chelsea at the moment. And so we're definitely making it more difficult on ourselves than it needed to be
3: at times in this match. But missing Meditaremi and Sergio Oliveira out suspension was huge for Porto. And I think that in the next leg, they will be back. Um, That's going to be a different game. So a 2-0 away win is huge, is huge even though they didn't play well i think that that's such such a big deal
2: uh, i think i think what happens here it's probably best case scenario you could argue that chelsea could have been 3-0 up you know if pulisic doesn't rattle the the crossbar with everything that he had in his body um but i think what you do here is you if you're chelsea you bought yourself some time right you bought yourself another match to get ready maybe to sharpen up a little bit to to bring in someone like Tamir au for for more of a, a starring role um, because you know we'll we'll talk about the the Germans later, but not not a great performance and i maybe you just buy yourself a little bit of time to get it back right and and hopefully have a better performance, especially in midfield um where where I think Porto kind of ran ran the show today but yeah look i I don't know i this was another clean sheet dan i mean it's a it's it's crazy how many Clean sheets we've had since Tuchel came in. I mean, that it's a big part of a, a Champions League away day. Even though this is like a faux away day where they are both away uh, in Sevilla, mm-hmm. but it's it's a big deal to get that clean sheet and kind of be be able to roll into the next one a little bit more confident. Um, that you can do it.
1: Well, it's the the magic of playing teams from Spain or playing in Spain. Chelsea have done a really good job (laughs) with anything associated with Spain, which is definitely the fingers crossed of getting Real Madrid in the next round because (laughs) the magic just seems to be on when it's playing someone from uh, from that country. Uh, Yeah, I, I just... Look, the West Brom match is, a, is an anomaly, right? Because this is again, to your point, another clean sheet. It's another impressive performance from the defense. Even in the moments where Porto were able to turn the ball quickly or to take a shot, I, I actually thought when I saw their expected goal total of trending up above one and a half, I didn't feel like that was accurate. I mean, they, you know, they definitely got you know one or two good opportunities. Mendy with some really good saves, but you know, I just think in general. This is the perfect defensive unit, right? Like, we we didn't see Thiago Silva come back in, and we put Christensen back in, and we restored the solidity. You know, I think he didn't have a great day passing, but that was more up to the midfielders, I think, of Kovacic and Jorginho not always making themselves available to really help make it easy for a Christensen or easy for an Azpilicueta to move the ball around in the back. Uh, but we still made it work. And and I think that's the the thing that I would take away is that, like, this defensive unit, I would feel comfortable that in any, like, sudden death one match to go, they can put us in a position to pluck something out of nothing, Jenny.
3: Yeah, no, I I think you're absolutely correct. But I just wanted to ask, do you think that the shakiness was because of the West Brom match or it was just the fact that it's a quarterfinals of Champions League and that is a whole nother energy and – Yes. (laughs) <laughs> you think it's West
2: I I think it's both. I mean, I I think you'd be fooling yourself if that team went in super confident after giving up five goals. I mean, I I expected Dave to play better today than he did. I mean, I thought he had a shocking game at the weekend. He's one of my favorite players, but he he did not play well. Um, you know, and I think he redeemed himself a little bit. I think Rudiger coming back in after a a tough week for him and. Uh, you know, we can we can talk about all that later uh, as well. You know, it was an interesting thing. And like, look, I mean, I never in my wildest dreams thought Christensen would be the most important part of this coming together. But I mean, Dan's right. I mean, he's he's kind of just he has to own that position now. He has to kind of play in the middle. And, you know, I thought Silva coming in to, to spell him was just a nod probably to his professionalism as a player but you know i i don't know if silva gets a whole lot of starts if if that unit that's first unit is is healthy i mean i think they they kind of clearly have identified themselves as as the number one defense and you know chili b and and reese on the wing played really well today as well i think kept with played some decent passes i mean again it was it was choppy and it was it was just kind of a a difficult game but the the unit stayed relatively compact and i think forced porto into some difficult situations outside of the box and then force them into losing possession too which is good so yeah not not the best overall day but it's still a clean sheet in the champions league and you know again i I can't i can't look at that and go damn it we kept another clean sheet this is horrible uh but i i do know what you're saying i get your general premise i get jenny which is this is not Porto's number 1 team. There was a lot of shakiness. On another day it could have been 2-2 or nil-nil or something. Um but it wasn't.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you're right. No, you're right. I don't mean I don't mean to be negative. I just feel like where or why is, is is it this way? And as we think about the second leg, like is it because of that lack of confidence after getting five goals scored on you or is it just the fact that it's the quarterfinals of Champions League and anybody is going to have that feeling of Holy smokes. Um, but we talked about our front seven last time when we were when I was on the podcast. The front seven. you were mentioning, you were mentioning um being really happy with the performance of our back seven. Was that is that how you would say it? Back seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but that maybe not so much another nope. two? Nope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep, we'll, we'll get into that, uh, Dan. You want to get into the the uh, Christensen stats here?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think the look. I, I think the Danish prince has reclaimed his crown, and it is a glorious time in the land for all Chelsea supporters because ninety five percent pass accuracy. Even though it didn't feel that way, which was was interesting. Five aerial duels won, which has been nice to see him making some aerial duels and, and not kind of coming off injured. Uh, he's kind of built himself up a little bit. Come up. Physical standpoint, six clearances, six out of nine long ball passes. And we definitely were trying that long ball initially. It wasn't always working out terribly well. Uh, One interception. uh, Yeah, I mean, mean, Christians had a good game. You know, it wasn't his best game, but I really think it's just more reflection of the unit. It's the grouping of players together who maybe they're not all perfect, right? But they are just giving each other the strengths to support one another. I think in particular, that back three, really made it easy for the Stanford Fridge, uh, you know, Nick, uh, your, your boy, Reese James to really have his way. I think with Pereira, like just up and down the flanks made his life super difficult.
2: Yeah. I mean, it it was interesting to watch Morega today because he's kind of one half of this attacking duo that, that was missing. And, it, he he tested every single one. He tested Dave. He tested Christensen. Then he at the end of the game he was testing Rudiger to see if there was any backdoor into goal, and he was denied every single time. Um, and I think Dave probably struggled the most just because of his size and strength. But you know when he went up against Christensen, there wasn't any quarter given. You know same with Rudiger at the end who shepherded him along like it was nothing. Um, it I was watching him because I thought he was probably just the the kind of guy who might, you know, knock in a weird goal, um, you know, maybe not the most effective goal scorer, but someone who could give our backline trouble. And there just wasn't a whole lot for him. I mean, he flopped, obviously, tried to get a penalty and, you know, was very glad the referee was uh, having a lenient day, but in no way was that ever going to be a penalty. Um, so, look, I, I think as a as kind of a lone forward, he, he did try and figure out if there were going to be areas. But I think where we struggled – A little bit was you know with someone like otavio who i think ended up kind of playing that trailing role jenny like he was just kind of right behind and ended up getting into some interesting spaces as well and maybe where the back three suffers is with those kind of late runners because they all kind of hold a as a unit together and no one's kind of stepping out um to to track that late runner
3: who would who would you want to step out though because I don't you're talking about how when they're when they're close and they they're, they're saying as a unit they made it very difficult for Marega who would be the one to I
2: I would guess it would have to be someone from the midfield Yeah, it would got to you. But then he was just getting beat all day. So it was <laughs> it, I mean, he there's not another good performance from Jorginho, unfortunately, but he yeah, he was not able to make it back in time to track that runner. Mm. Uh, So that was the only thing I saw that was like a a red flag and maybe something that that could impact the second leg uh, in any way. But uh, I do think that they I mean, to your point, they do have some talent and it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, when they have kind of a full strength squad come into the second leg because you could tell that they were not uh, not pleased with the result today.
3: Well, that's the thing. Is everything that I have seen and all the analysis I've seen is like, okay, that that leg is done, like that tie is done, like Chelsea is in, and it's like, hold up, a lot happens in the second leg. Like we just we can't turn the page. I had someone tweet tweet at me that the second leg is just a formality, and I was like, that's not true.
1: Oh, <laughs> not true. oh. Yeah. I I'm the key, why not us person? And I would never say that any match <laughs> is a formality. That is that is very bold. <laughs>
2: They probably thought West Brom was a formality as well. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, but, well, sorry. No, go ahead, Jay. No, to your point about Octavio. Um, Octavio Uribe also had like a couple shots, opportunities where no one was on him, and I just felt you're right. That's that's the point. That is the the thing that is potentially missing is Kovacic and Jorginho deciding like who is on that. Um, so we say that, we know, you said the, the back seven, I guess, um, performed well, but those are holes that we got to plug before next leg. I feel,
2: well, you, you hope that you get Conte back, right? I mean, and that's a big part of that solution, right? Because he's uh, on form, then that takes away some of that threat, not all of it, but some of it, because he's going to be able to be athletic enough to track back and and take care of that. But it is an interesting, uh, thing to look out for. I mean, uh, again, this performance, while a good result was not a good performance. And it's it's going to be fascinating to see how charged up they are out of the gates next Tuesday uh, because the emphasis and everything is on them to perform. And Chelsea, uh, if if they don't give up a goal, they advance. So it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how much they come out of their shell and – if Chelsea's able to hit them on the counter maybe a little bit more because they're going to have to come and attack us. And so I think Chelsea's in a decent position, but I would agree that by no means is this over.
1: Well, I mean, look, it's going to be 90-plus minutes of suffering. It's going to be one goal from Emerson in the last two to three minutes, and uh, we'll go ahead uh, 0-3 aggregate. That's exactly what you want, Nick.
2: That's right. That's-
3: <laughs> do, you, do you both have Chelsea winnings? Did you fill out a bracket?
2: No.
1: Well, I saw your bracket where you put us in the final versus Byron, and uh, that might <laughs> might be a little in jeopardy.
2: Um, Are you kidding me? Bayern's got to beat the hell out of PSG. Are you kidding (laughs) me? We're going to talk about them later. We're going to talk about them later. 31 Um, shots. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Without uh, Lewandowski? PSG
1: PSG and Chelsea had all the luck today. We we were hoarding it. Talking about luck, though, and talking about some players on Chelsea who were very lucky with their shots on target today, one Mason Mount, one Ben Chilwell, just with some absolutely wonderful shots. Not lot. Yeah, but dude, Chilwell with the Torres uh, moment in the match that was <laughs> phenomenal. The edits of him, yes, yeah. The edits with Chilwell, where they took the uh, the horrific uh, jersey that we wear today, and they overlaid the <laughs> the wonderful Samsung kit first. from that campaign over Chilwell.
2: Phenomenal.
3: He has a lot to say about what you're saying, Dan. For,
2: oh, first I First of all, this shirt is beautiful. And we perform in this shirt, baby. It is a class shirt. Not wrong. Second, that. the best the best edit to come out of today was someone took the Gary Neville audio from the Torres goal and put it over <laughs> Ben Chilwell's goal. And God was it good. It was so good. I was I was pumped about that. But yeah, I mean like it was fortunate, don't get me wrong, but it was a class finish. I mean, they were both class finishes, and uh, I look Mason Mount deserves all of our love. He just deserves all of our love. He is the player of the season. He is absolutely growing as a player. He's our most important player. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know who else you'd put there. And he, he is delivering right now when more higher priced options are coming nowhere close to meeting the level. So... I know there are a bunch of haters out there. Uh, you know, we talk to some of them regularly on Twitter, but it is, it's just, it's wild to me that you could look at this team. You could look at the, the underperformers on this team and go, yeah, but Mount's not good enough. What are you looking at? What, I mean, what are, you, what are you looking at? I don't understand how you could look at our best player right now. He's our best player and go, yeah, but he's not quite good enough. You know okay? what? I think-
3: I think it's people just picking up narratives. It, it must be. It must be. Right? On
2: Twitter? Never. No. <laughs> Jenny, no. Come on.
3: Okay, wait. So the Cholo Um, I was kind of devastated. Obviously, Chelsea fan, please don't get me wrong. But the person who gave the ball away is a Mexican, and I am a prior Mexican national team player, Tecatito Corona, and I just wanted to pronounce it because – the announcers all got it wrong. Every single announcer got it wrong. Decatito. Can you guys say it?
2: I probably can. Oh, no, no. We,
1: we, we all know that <laughs> we, like... I, in particular, butcher every single name. Yeah, Dan, uh, I'm sure I've already Dan has five no long. shot.
2: No <laughs> like, shot at that.
3: I believe in you, Dan.
1: Oh, no. Well, uh, but anyway, Ben Chilwell, that goal was phenomenal. <laughs> it was so good. I, you know, I, I mean, look, I, I kind of made the joke on Twitter that it was an Iceman moment in front of goal from Chili B. Like, he just the composure to pounce on it and to play off the keeper and like just great heads up awareness. And you know, I think we talked a lot about Chilwell struggling to get back into the 11 with Alonzo really holding down the wing back spot and the can, can we now force the left back to play as a left wing back and Chilwell had a great game. Like, I mean, like he, I think he's needed to be spelled a little bit, which is interestingly. And I think, you know, obviously I think there's a little, maybe a little bit more stamina involved with the wing back role versus playing as a left back, uh, maybe not getting as far advanced, but in general, this was a, just a, I think a good, good all round performance from, from Chilwell and, you know, to cap it off with a goal is, is fantastic.
3: Yeah. On, on that Mason Mount. So I was on Twitch uh, for the other match, but I was like, everybody pay attention to the Porto Chelsea match. Let me just break this down real quick. Um, as much as you nick pointed out Jorginho's performance not being that great the ball that he played in to mason mount deserves credit absolutely yeah. a million times the way like the timing was perfect and i pointed out on the twitch that the foot that he played if he played it like an inch this way an inch that like it just wouldn't have worked it would it would have gotten stopped so the way that he plays the left foot for him for mason mount to make the turn just opens up perfectly. I re I saw it again after I watched it, after I announced that on Twitch. But Mason Mount actually shifts his body to make it even better. And so full credit to Mason Mount on, on that as well. But I just wanted to point out, like the foot matters. And Jorginho did have a great pass, great timing on that one. Um, but full credit to Mason Mount's turn. How was mm. Mason Mount's turn?
2: Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. it... You're you're gonna you're gonna remember that goal. He's gonna remember that goal. Um, I I will I will absolutely give credit to the pass. It's the kind of pass that we've needed this year, right? To break down stubborn defenses, and we haven't had it a whole lot. So, I, I think there's there's a huge amount of credit due there. But I, the goal was made by Mason Mount. I mean, he yeah. the the spin, the turn, the you know. Tweeds, Tweeds sent us a voice message going, I just wanted him to take another touch. I want him to take another touch. And I was like, no, I mean, he did the right thing, right? The goalkeeper didn't know what to do, and so he he just hit it. And it was a perfectly placed shot. I mean, absolutely wonderful. And for a guy that I think at times has come under criticism for not finishing in front of goal, Dan, uh, this is a big moment for him, right? It's a, it's a big quarterfinal. It's a big chance in front of goal after we had very little to speak of. And he gets the winner. And it's a big, big moment for his career.
1: He pulled the trigger early. You know, he, he didn't delay taking the shot, which is where he maybe struggled a little bit this season. And so uh, it was nice to see that. The stat being is that at 22, Mason Mount has become Chelsea's youngest ever goal scorer in the Champions League knockout match. Um, it was also the first shot of the evening that we had just <laughs> is wonderful um, he's also now Chelsea's top scorer under Tuchel so uh, he is now uh, actually uh, I just looked at the court filing uh, Tuchel has now officially adopted Mason adopted Mount adopted him and nice. uh, that is that is just FYI uh, it was a really interesting custody battle uh, Frank Lampard has lost that Thomas Tuchel now officially Mason Mount's father sorry Tony <laughs> uh, just an update there uh, just really want to make sure that everybody's aware of that
2: but Dan, is he any good? I think is the question that I want to know. <laughs> it, like, is he any? I frankly, I'm not sure yet. Uh, it, most goals under Tuchel goal, scoring winners in the Champions League. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I think we're good. I think I think he's uh, he's passed the test. He okay. continues to do him, and you know what? If it's fuel to his fire to keep on getting people dragging him down. Uh look, you know, Nick will bring the
3: receipts. Nick
1: keeps all these receipts and he absolutely shows them in the face of anybody who oh, is down see, on
2: Mason.
3: Always been, always been a fan, Nick.
2: I I I see everybody. Like, yeah, I'm, I I'm a massive fan. Like I don't I don't think you can look at the work ethic and what he brings to the team and and wonder about his quality. <laughs> I J like yeah, you want him to score more goals, but th- this idea that he's going to walk into Chelsea at 22 years and what, 87 days and be Frank Lampard at the prime of his career is nuts. Frank Lampard wasn't Frank Lampard at 22 years and 87 days. Like he was, he was a pup. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's bananas to me. And like, again, if you want to hold him to a high standard, fair enough. Like I, I pretty sure he holds himself to a higher standard than you're ever going to hold him to. But uh, it, it's just, Again, you're you're looking at a guy who's really performing, you know, day in, day out. He's the most consistent performer on the team. And you're you're just you're you're not looking at the right stuff. If if you if you really are breaking down Mason Mountain going, yeah, he's he's not good enough. He hundred percent is and he'll continue to feature. So you'll you'll have plenty of opportunities to watch him over the next few weeks.
1: I, I wanna underline the point you made that he's Chelsea's most consistent performer. Because I think actually where the the root of the frustration isn't necessarily about Mason, it's the fact that the the standard across our entire player group outside of Mason is actually not as consistent as it needs to be. There's a lot of peaks and valleys in performances, and there's a lot of underperformers in other areas. And I think that kind of takes us to maybe the individual issues that Timo Werner and... (laughs) And unfortunately, um, you know, just uh, not, not seeing any kind of goodness out of our, our German duo and, uh, you know, even with the opportunity for, you know, Havertz to kind of play as a, you know, false nine there. And I, I just, yeah, I mean, let's, let's talk about Wait, the challenges. Quick
3: question. quick question. I know, I know we're going to get to this, but something that popped into my head when you made that, um, analogy about peaks and valleys Do you think that maybe the criticism for Mount comes because he is so consistent that there are no valleys peaks, sorry, wrong way. Peaks, (laughs) like, like extreme peaks, like some other players, but, but we also don't have the valleys. Sorry. I don't even know what valleys. I I don't know why I'm acting like I know, but up and downs, you know,
2: I I think when you like, it it, kind of came to fruition when he played for England um, over the international break. Right. Which is, He was like one of the best players in the field for all those matches. He played 270 minutes of international football in a week. And you had a bunch of people in the English media who may have not been his biggest fan, who might have favored Phil Foden or Jack Grealish or any of these other English midfielders, really started to take a hard look at Mason Mount and wondered why he was consistently playing over some of those players. Now, obviously, Grealish is injured and, you know, whatever. But he is a quality footballer. Uh, He's a guy that has been adored by every manager that he's ever played for, (laughs) for a reason. And it's, and I think I think a lot of the the media may be catching up to that. But I would agree. I I don't think he has like his one shining moment yet. Like I don't think he has like maybe the the breakout moment that's going to be in you know in, in the Chelsea Museum yet. But today was a big step. I mean, to get your first Champions League goal in the quarterfinals, like this was not against. Uh, you know, a pub team from Romania. I mean, th- this is the quarterfinals of the Champions League. You have a chance to advance and and play Real Madrid in the next round, most likely. I mean, this is it's a big deal for him. And like to see him go through a little bit of struggle earlier, Jenny, this year where maybe he wasn't converting. Right. And I think you you could have been well within your rights to criticize the finishing or whatever. Now to see him consistently maybe level up, maybe it's a, a slower build. It's a big deal because he again. This is second year in, pre, in the Premier League. You have veterans like Thiago from Liverpool who have completely stunk up the joint this year. Who should be world class players, and he's just kind of slowly building into this final form. I mean, I don't know. I I don't I don't get the hate, but I also can understand if you want him to be better. Just apply that want him to be better standard to every other player in the team.
3: Everyone, for sure. I, I completely agree, and I'm going to make a horrible. Um analogy the maybe it's because some people like toxicity you know like they need the big ups and downs that this consistency is not good you need excitement you need him to be down in the dumps and be horrible one game and then be like out of this world another game and then back to shit that's just how some toxic stuff goes
2: Jenny, I feel like you've been spending time on Twitter lately. Is this is this accurate? Have you No, it's the Twitch chat. She's been moderating. That's that's what I've it is. I've been
3: moderating Twitch. I'm toxic now. I'm
1: just toxic.
2: Hello darkness, my old friend. <laughs> well, welcome back. I love it. This is well, the the Jenny after dark, the darkness let, side. Let, let,
1: Let's talk about the underperformance, though. The unfortunate underperformance of Timo Werner. Um, You know, Naz kind of pulling out a couple of tweets uh, here with, uh, Werner only touched the ball nine times in the first half, the fewest of any player on the other side, including the goalkeepers. Followed up by that he went on to touch the ball 14 times total. His whole time on the pitch, Pulisic ended up replacing him in the 65th minute, touched the ball 17 times from the 65th minute to the end of the game. Like, just from getting involved and being present, um, you know, it was offsides in the potential, like, tap-in goal that <laughs> that, that could have happened. Put the um, Benny Hill
2: music but, on that thing, by the way. Good Lord. Come on. Yeah, man.
1: and, um, you know, just – it never seemed like uh, Havertz and, and Werner – yeah, you know, I think they were getting uh, pushed around a little bit by the by the Porto defense. Like it wasn't easy. Uh, I also think the link play between Jorginho and Kovačić with that pairing was not great. If you look at some of the service into them, like there were there were long ball attempts. I mean, Drew came in and he had the same problem. Like if you're going to be static and stationary against these defenders and then try to make the run afterwards after the ball's movement, like in motion, you're not going to get the space that you're looking for. And I think that's, that's maybe Nick, where I observed the challenges. And, you know, that's really where I wondered, like, why isn't Callum coming on and potentially, you know, taking Reese's space, Reese moves back to Aspie's space. You know, why doesn't Tammy kind of come in over Drew? Like, get get movement in there. Get players who are going to stretch it because Timo and, and you know Havertz really weren't stretching the pitch in any regard tonight.
2: Yeah, I, look, I, I did my Werner rant last pod. Go listen to that if you want. I, I it, it, the incredible double standard here is is wild to me, um, you know, especially as it applies to Tammy. I, it was great to see Giroud get some minutes today because I think it's long overdue, but. Uh, Tuchel says, I accept that it was a tough match for Kai and Timo today. The connection was not so good. You don't say. <laughs> I mean, you, it would have been impossible to say anything else there. And, and you know, I, I credit him for at least acknowledging that. It was, they, they were both, you know, I, to me, they were both lightweight. They were getting pushed around. I don't think that when you have two players like, uh, like Reese and, and Ben on, on the wings that the crosses are their thing. Like that's what they do. And you're not like, they're never pushing the envelope to get on the end of those crosses. So it's back and forth, you know, like you need to build from the middle to get them service. And that clearly wasn't happening because Mason, Matt was being forced to press up high and get out of that number 10 role. And so he should have been the linchpin for a lot of that, but I think he was being forced out to press because we were losing the ball so often too. And it just, it was a calamity from, from front to back. I mean, again, we were fortunate to to get the Mason Mount goal because it was a great finish, but uh, you know, the, the Chilwell goal was, was fortunate as well. I mean, it was, a, it was a turnover um, and it, it does not pain me at all to see a Mexican national team player turn the ball over like that. Jenny, sorry. U um, S men's national team all the way. And, uh, and look, it's, if, if you were to categorize that offensive performance, it was non-existent for, you know, majority of the match. And that's why we had a point zero five expected goal in the first half. It's crazy.
3: Do you guys think, uh, next, second leg, you cannot start either of them?
2: Can't. No. Can't. They didn't offer anything today. Like, if if... If Timo would have, you know, won a penalty or providing an assist, or you know, that, that's that's kind of the the thing, right? With him is like he may not be scoring, but he's providing. He's winning penalties. He's providing assist. He scored two goals in the last twenty eight games. Man, that's that's a that's ridiculous a stat. stat.
3: Like just in case you're wondering, that's really bad. <laughs>
2: Thank you for the oh, clarification. The <laughs>
1: underline, the underline and mic drop, the period statement right there. It's bad. It is bad. We got the official Jenny Chu review on Timo Werner at Chelsea.
3: He keeps making not, not only him, um, I think on Chelsea mic Up, he made a reference in an interview that it's like goals are like the women in the club or something like that. Like you if you keep trying to go get them, then they you don't get it. But if you let it come to you, then that's like when things start flowing, something along those lines, I may be misquoting, please listen to it instead of listening to me. But basically, uh, Thomas Tuchel also did something similar in an, in a press conference, kind of some, something about women yep. along those lines.
1: Yeah. Like don't, don't try to press it because the moment you press it, like that's when it doesn't work for you. You need to disallow, oh God, you, you need to, <laughs> I
3: think it's time to press. I'm not a fan of getting pressed. But I think you need to press now. If you haven't been pressing, let's let's start to press.
2: I, I think I, if 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 you guys have watched Falcon and Winter Soldier, I think Timo's been trying the Baron Zemo in the club move by oh himself man. to attract people. We got to stop that. Uh, Baron Zemo can do it. You cannot. You have to, I think, uh, force the issue a little bit. And like uh, his first touch is off too. I mean like – you watch that, you know, he, he, there was one that the ball kind of came into him It was a rough hop and he had to try and control it. And instead of taking a minute, feeling the pressure from behind and getting fouled, he tried to take this awkward outside of the boot touch. And I was like, what? No, you've never been taught to do that. That you're just, you just freaked out. Like that's what happened there. Uh, like it's, it's just, it's not good. I mean, the, if, if you are a Tuchel and you looked at that today, you know I think maybe, maybe Kai is a little bit more forgivable, but you've seen a lot now, right? You, you have a pretty healthy sample size of Werner in his current form, and I think to not give Tammy or Giroux proper time, given the output, would be uh, not the right move. All right, so
1: we think about it this way. So here's the, here's the lineup that we had today, right? Mendy will start the next match. Hondo. Floqueta, As, Christensen, Rudiger, back three, starts the next match.
2: Hopefully they punch more people in training and they get fired up, yep.
1: <laughs> whatever motivates you, whatever makes it work. Um, Reese James, Ben Chilwell, both start next match in your wingbacks.
2: Yep. Or does Alonso come back in, potentially? Are we, are we talking Palace or are we talking the next leg?
1: I'm talking Porto. We're talking okay. next leg, Porto.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think you changed the back five.
1: Okay. Um, Jorginho Kovacic, who gets replaced with Conte?
2: Can they both get replaced? I mean, they they struggled today, man. And I don't know, uh, Jenny. I Jorginho. Jorginho, yeah, same. Uh, I agree. Jorginho and Conte play as the
1: two. Um, Mason Mount starts. And then who are your other two attackers?
3: You know, I think... The, this stat, which I'm not sure how reflectionary, reflectionary it is about the actual match, but Christian Pulisic getting the ball 17 times in what, what is that, like the last 15, 25 minutes?
2: 25 minutes, yeah.
3: <laughs> My math is not great. Um, that's pretty good. Does, is that accurate that he was moving, he was trying to get the ball, he was positive in his touches and in his movements, or is that just – a wrong stat.
2: No, I, he, he looked okay. I mean, you know, the thing had weird, a goal. yeah. I mean, look, he, he a hundred percent put, he put too much force behind the shot that he had, but it was, it was the right move because he was at such a weird angle that he had to try and power it by the goalkeeper and just, uh, just barely hit it too high. Otherwise he would have roofed it and, and I would have flown off my my couch and spilled all my beer um you just you just wonder if he is if he's healthy or not to start games i mean that's the that's the one kind of
3: but that's say we start him and if he isn't he can pull himself out like he did against west Brom. he puts a goal in and then he's out
1: champions League, you get five subs too so there's less risk if he 25 30 minutes 40 minutes in needs to get subbed uh, yeah, interesting. So that would be a good thing to tweet at us, even though we know that the uh, the Twitterverse is sometimes not the kindest place. We'd love to hear what your starting 11 is for the next half of Porto. But we're going to start to wind it down. We're going to get to the Dan of the match. Um, look, uh, I, I gave four actual options here. Benjamin, Edouard, Mason, and Reese, all on first-name basis, of course. Um, Mason friends. Mount, the clear winner, 53%. Uh Reese James, second place, 18%. You had uh Mendy with a 17%, and then Ben Chilwell with 12%. So look, uh, you know, great great nights from a lot of players. it's hard to pick, I understand. But Mason, you, you get a you convert a shot, Nick, off of.05. You you have to be the man of the match. Absolutely the man of the match.
2: Absolutely the man of the match. And and look, I think Chili B is a little underrated at twelve percent here, but um, because I, I thought he played well and you know all that but look it's 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 a strong performance from mason mount it's a really strong performance from mendy who came out and claimed a lot of crosses porto are dangerous from set pieces that's one thing i meant to mention earlier their their service in is is quality uh, yes
3: but they didn't have their top set pieces like sergio Oliveira usually does all of their set pieces and they didn't even have him and they were still dangerous so that's just something to keep in mind next next leg
2: i'm gonna keep that in mind jenny that's what i'm gonna do <laughs>
1: Uh, I, I do want to call out that one listener did tweet at it, and instead of saying that I was wrong or was missing a player, just said that Dan was down in the match, and that made me feel
2: really good. So I appreciate that. Topic. I read this as like Dan, like negative, like <laughs> Dan, like <laughs> you know. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a positive Dan. I think that's a topper. You tell us, but that's.
1: Yeah, you know, your conditioned negativity. That's okay. We're gonna blow by that uh, yes. anyway. Other results. For this round of the Champions League, other results: Real Madrid beating Liverpool three to one. Man City robbing Dortmund blind, uh, paying off some officials. Uh, Bellingham's uh, tweet with his face
2: <laughs> over <laughs> Drogba.
1: Legendary. I tweeted
2: that. I tweeted it right after. I was like, "Tell me more about UEFA referees screwing you know English players over in the like." Oh my god, what is? How? Why does VAR exist? Why does it exist if you can't write that incredible wrong? Like that is crazy. Yep.
3: Well, because the the ref blew the whistle too early. If he if he didn't blow it, we, we had this whole discussion on TBS, But he blew it too early, so he couldn't go to VAR. Which what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, but today I I do a thing called in my mentions with uh, post game, like immediately post game. They don't even let me finish the game. Sometimes they're like, get on, let's talk about it. And we had winners. <laughs> And everyone has like typical winners and losers. Like uh, someone had Man- Manuel Lawyer. Um, and I was like the referee for the Man City Dortmund match. What a loser.
2: <laughs> <Lee-hoo>, <laughs> Zahir.
3: Is that how you say it?
2: No, uh, that was my terrible ace Ventura impression. Oh,
3: so. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't pronounce his name. So I just that Ma-
2: made me feel real good about that. <laughs>
1: So uh, cool. uh, the other result being that uh, PSG beating Byron 3 to 2 in quite the turn for Pochettino's boys. And then Chelsea, the only team to keep a clean sheet in the quarters, which is fantastic.
2: Look, if you if you Jenny, you watched the Byron match live, right? So you you could tell me if I'm correct in this, but Byron are going to roll PSG in the second leg, aren't they? Like they
0: yeah.
3: I, I have my faith in in Bayern. That's what my um I yeah. Yes, yes, Bayern. Next slide. They,
2: they're the they're the be- like they're the best team in the world. I have no doubt about that. And they had 31 shots without Lewandowski. Like that is bananas. Like the fact that five more of those didn't like just trickle in today is crazy. So I like I know that's a big win for PSG. They're going to have to put on some sort of heroic performance at home to stave off that. But what if is, they... Go ahead.
3: No, you know, we had mentioned that uh, Porto was missing the two players that scored 40% of their goals. Well, Lewandowski in all competitions scores 36% of Bayern's goals, almost 40% as well, single-handedly missing him. Um, obviously and
2: Mabry, too.
3: COVID as well. So they were also... I mean, able to get two goals without those two players. Is he back for next leg?
1: I don't not, know. Not he a knee. No, no, I don't think so. I think not he's got knee. like a four week.
2: Yeah. I, I think Nabry know. might be know. back. Yeah. I think Nabry might be back. Yeah. But either way, I I can't imagine a scenario where Bayern where don't do the business. However, let's let's play out the scenario. Because I think they're by far the favorite in the tournament, right? If PSG knocked them out, I think it's open season. I think the whole thing could be crazy. And that then Dan's like, why not us? Absolute nonsense that he's been touting all year becomes a hell of a lot more real. Because the real why not us is Bayern Munich. That's why not us. Um, but if you, if you don't have them in the tournament... And Man City are not Man City in the Champions League, and PSG are are faulty at the back, and Real Madrid are not in a vein of form, even though they looked all right the other night. Like, you, the whole thing's right. up.
3: You, you know what? The PSG thing is is interesting because Thomas Tuchel, like, he will be able to tear that team apart tactically, knowing all the intricacies that he knows about that team, I feel.
2: I could not wait for a possible Neymar collision <laughs> with the Stanford fridge, and to see if he can pick himself off off the ground. I mean, that's that would be a big test for him. He likes a, a good roll on on the ground. Likes to yeah, spin around. And,
3: and Neymar the- t-
1: Neymar getting in his orbit would be like the Thanos snap. He would just obliterate into a million bits of particulate in the air.
3: <laughs> over the weekend against Lil, he got. Um, two yellow cards which eventually led to the red card and they may lead to more than a three game suspension I think because he then did stuff but anyways I think that if you do play against Neymar which I'm not saying that this is how it's going to play out because I need Bayern to win that's what my um uh, need bracket. the bracket to come good <laughs> my bracket Nick is pissed now um anyways point being if you frustrate him and you're really aggressive with him early on and you get him upset He does very, very bad things. He like put his hand to a player's face. He like did a two-handed shove after the play was done. Like that's how he got his two yellow cards. And I just feel like if you can get into his head, we got a game. We got a game.
1: I I say I really, I still want Real Madrid for the chance to play them. Like, cause we do not play them with any level of regularity. My only concern is uh, giving Liverpool any advantage to try and, Claim something in the league, you know, try to rebuild into a top four kind of standing or position because they're running. At the end of the season involves Crystal Palace, uh, Burnley, and Giant Killers West Brom as their last three matches. So, um, uh, not as kind of a, uh, a you know more kind rather of a schedule than what we have in our run into the end.
2: You'd rather play Liverpool if you're Chelsea because you know you can beat them, and they're in just god awful form. I don't know why, but they're just they don't have it this year, and that's that's just the long and short of it. Real would be fun. That that would be a fun one. And they're not in peak form either, but they have a hell of a lot of speed and you gotta like mm-hmm. you gotta really account for that if you're if you're considering this three back set and who you're gonna play back there. That might be one where you have a combination, not to preview this, because the tie is not over. The tie is not over. It's only half time. But you may have a combination of uh Reese James at right center back and Callum on the wing. Hmm. It's like a Pizza Hut Taco Bell. Ooh, okay. Yeah.
1: What? (laughs) (laughs) Jay,
2: you you eat good food, so Pizza Hut and Taco Bell are American fast food chains. And sometimes, if you're real lucky, you can get them both in the same building. So you don't have to traverse across town to get the next one. Okay. it's, it's pretty fun.
3: All I know is Taco Bell makes you sick.
2: Well, um, yeah, that, that's, thanks, that's a given. <laughs> thanks to our sponsors, Taco Bell, <laughs> for, for the love on the show. It's going blast out of you. Uh,
1: anyway, that is how we're gonna end this one. Uh, as Chelsea head into the weekend to play Crystal Palace away after we fell fit into the table with West Ham and the Moisaya continuing to do the business crazily enough. But uh, this was fun. This is great again, Jenny. We appreciate the random questions. We appreciate you having you on. Do you have a final thought you want to leave us with?
3: Yeah, Dan, you have great one-liners that you just like buzz through. You don't even let us laugh at them; you just keep going. That's my final thought.
2: It's it's, uh, it's the buzzsaw. <laughs> it'll baja blast out of you. Incredible line, oh my incredible. God. And I don't even like any of Dan's work, but that was tremendous. Like, that was so well done. Uh, well,
1: we, we did get a chance to see Mason Mount to do it uh, in this game, and it was quite wonderful. And that is going to wrap us up. Thank you, Nick. Uh, Brandon, best of luck with the rest of your move wherever you are, somewhere in the ether. But until, until, until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.